Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that aims to redefine what it means to reach our full potential by exploring how movement and mindset impacts our lives and how we can all work to show up as the best versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And on this episode, we welcome back to the show, Christine Hernandez. Christine is a serial entrepreneur. She is a business leadership coach. She's a mindset coach. Uh, and she is also uh, the co-founder of uh, a company with myself called Impact Initiative. So this is a really exciting episode because since the last time we had Christine on the show, her and I have co-founded a business together. That business is the Impact Initiative. Those of you that have listened to the show uh, regularly have heard me mention Impact Initiative. Uh, we've provided some resources via Impact Initiative, talked about some of the things that we're doing with that company. And today, um, we have Christine on the show to really lean into a lot of what we talk about with Impact Initiative, the work that we do in the business and leadership space, the work that we do with entrepreneurs and business owners that are looking to solve problems in their business, looking to develop tactical skills to deploy in that business, become better leaders, build more comprehensive and cohesive teams, build a culture that is um, that is exciting and empowering and, and enables people within an organization to step up and step into their full potential as leaders in that company. And so her and I go full gas on the things that we are most passionate about in this space. Um, we are specifically talking about the power of being solution focused. We kick things off with um, hiding an ambiguity and how so often we veer away from goal setting, uh, specifically being very, very clear on our goals, because when they are not clear, we get to um, we get to hide, right? When we don't reach those goals, we get to use the fact that they were never clear to begin with as an excuse. We get to hide in that ambiguity. We talk about how language is such an important part of goal setting and how we accomplish big things um, and how just instead of asking the question, how is it possible, can we ask the question, um, is it possible, right? So instead of wondering, why isn't it possible, can we shift our language to be more problem-solving oriented? How is it possible? Um, we talk about what it looks like to surround yourself with the right people and how progress requires pruning and how your tribe, so to speak, is such an important part of your journey and the buy-in with those people around you. Um, how you have to get crystal clear on how you use your time, how you focus your energy in the direction of the things that you want. Um, we talk a lot about optimism and how optimism is not a solution. We can't solve problems with hoping and believing that they will be solved. We have to put into play things that are actually going to solve our problems. We have to be tactical. We have to develop skills. We have to push ourselves. And this is um, this is something that, you know, again, when we're just starting out, when we're, when we're wanting to do big things but not sure what the first step is, so often we lead with optimism, and that's amazing. But we can't rest on optimism. We actually have to, um, to build skills. We have to better ourselves in a way that moves us in the direction of those things that we want to accomplish. So this episode uh, is packed. Um, Christine and I um, spend so much time 
developing the, these ideas and working with thought leaders and business owners and entrepreneurs and people across different sectors and industries. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of what these conversations look like. And we try to work to condense this down as always to provide actionable guidance and things that you guys, our listeners, can take away and actually deploy and use in your lives. One of the other things that we wanted to provide here is an actual resource to help you. So in the spirit of this actionable guidance and providing some real concrete uh, guidance and, uh, and a takeaway that you can use, we have um, provided um, what we call our impact action plan. So we're going to put a link to this in the show notes. I want to encourage you all to download this. Um, you can do that at make.yourimpact. Um, and you can find it on Instagram. Um, you can also find us at impactinitiative.network. So two prime places uh, that you can reach out to us is on Instagram at make.yourimpact. You can also download our impact action plan um, at impactinitiative.network. And uh, that'll show up for you on the home screen there and you can download it. We'll also put a link to, uh, to download that in the show notes. So again, what the impact action plan allows you to do is get crystal clear on your roadmap. So it starts with, um, with a monthly evaluation. You take stock of five key areas of your life, um, and then that condenses down into an action plan that allows you to lay out a roadmap for the next 30 days, get really clear on your goals, get really clear on what's going to stop you from those goals so that you can get ahead of that. Um, and then we provide um, an action plan at the end so you can break out tactically what it looks like um, every week to move and set yourself up for small wins in the direction of that 30-day goal. So massively important and tactical solution to something that so many people struggle with is actually reaching their goals. We want to be here to help. We want to provide value. Uh, This is a free resource. So again, that's impactinitiative.network. You can download uh, the impact action plan there from the home screen. Uh, You can also follow us uh, at make.yourimpact on Instagram or on YouTube as well. Tons of resources there. And uh, let us know what you think. Please put the impact action plan to use. It's designed to be used every single month so you can come back to it. You can refine it, understand what works and what doesn't. Um, So uh, without further ado, uh, please enjoy my conversation with Christine Hernandez, uh, my fabulous co-founder at Impact Initiative, one of my dear friends um, and an uh, all-around amazingly intelligent individual. I'm um, sure that you'll get tons out of this episode. Back on the show. This is exciting. We have lots to talk about. There's been lots of developments. You and I uh, have since started a company together and uh, have done lots of other things. And so we have, last time you were on the show, I don't think that that was the case. Um, Might have been the early stages of that, but um, yeah. So it's going to be a whole different vibe now because we got to we got a we got a whole different dynamic. It's gonna be good. Um, now, so we're, we're just, I'm <laughs> totally. just not a, I'm not just a guest. We're just BFFs now, so it's totally different vibe. Yeah, it is a different vibe, and uh, it's gonna be good because there's we don't uh, we're not in classic us fashion. We're 
we know generally what we want to talk about, but we're also just going to roll with it, which is both of our favorite approaches. So we're going to see, uh, we're going to see where this conversation goes, but, um, the general theme and what, what we want to talk about is the power of being solution focused or what it looks like when we come at things from a solution based approach versus, a excuses or barrier focused approach. And one of the things you and I were just talking about offline is one of the ways that manifests typically or most frequently with people that you and I talk to and work with and interact with is that we so often people hide in ambiguity. And what we mean by that is that with a lack of specificity, with a lack of focused uh, intention, focused effort, focused goals, we get to be right about not reaching those goals because they were never clearly defined in the first place. And so we get to hide in that ambiguity because it's a safer place because we never actually knew what we were heading towards to begin with, right? And so you and I work together a lot with clients on goal setting and accountability it actually outlining those goals being very very specific in terms of an action plan to get there um that is to solve this exact solution because most people we just say like yep i'd love to do this in four months or six months or a year or this week or today and it's very broad and it leaves a lot of wiggle room and it leaves a lot of space for us to get out of that when we don't hold ourselves accountable when we don't reach that goal. And if we're being honest, most people are not reaching their goals, right? Most people are falling short of where they would like to be, what they would like to accomplish. So what, what's your take on that? What, what's, what's that hiding in ambiguity? Um, what's been your experience with that either personally or professionally? Cause we're not, you know, we're not absolved of, these issues. Um, I think we all fall victim to this. <laughs> so yeah. I don't I'll ever do that. I don't ever, I never, I'm so clear all the time. Uh, no, <laughs> that, that's, yeah, actually, that's a whole nother podcast, but I think that that is one of the most powerful parts about coaching versus, you know, therapy or different, um, different other growth mechanisms and, you know, structures because we can, we can actually talk about our experience, but yeah, there's so, so many times, but I think the main, the main theme that I see is, I don't know, like, I don't know that statement becomes people's best friend. And I think it stops us from so many achieving so many goals and enjoying the process. Like the reality is when you don't know, you get to you get to hide and you never actually have to go after things. And so I find so many people have that phrase in their vocabulary as if it's the word like, right? Like, I don't know can be used instead of like. I'm, I'm guilty of belly girl language quite often. So I see so many people exchange that as just something they say. Um, actually, I think it was just a few days ago. 
I was trying to figure out where my husband was. He was at my son's school and I kept asking him, where are you? And he was being very vague and he kept saying, I don't know. I'm like, you physically don't know where you are or you like, I don't understand this situation here. But he just kept saying, I don't know. And I I had no idea how to get anywhere because he just kept saying, I don't know. The reality was he didn't know what the room was called. So he kept saying, I'm down the first hallway to your right. Super simple solution would have been super clear. He just kept saying, I don't know. And I'm like, like library, cafeteria, just any like building outside. Where are you? And I think that's a very literal example of that. But I couldn't go anywhere. I didn't even know where to park because I literally didn't know what side of the building he was on. And I think if we blow that out and we kind of zoom out for a minute, we do that on a, on a yearly basis, right? We always, um, the thing is that we underestimate what we can do in five to 10 years, but we overestimate what we can do in one year. And it's because we're vague on both sides. Like if we zoom out all the way to five to 10 years, we're too vague and we underestimate it because we don't realize how much time that actually is. And so we really don't have that understanding of how much we can accomplish. And then in one year, we're still vague. We're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this and this. And we try like January 1, American specifically, we're guilty of like, we're going to change all of the things, but we're not really clear on what those things are. I'm like, I'm going to get fit. I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, I'm going to be financially free, right? Those are not specific goals. And then we're like, well, how do you get there? And people are like, I don't know. Well, how much do you want to make? I don't know. And it just becomes this big, vague ball of nothing. And then ten, we get to the 10-year mark, and all of a sudden we realize we didn't do anything. We didn't do shit because we were vague in one year, which puts us vague in 10 years. And a decade can go by really fast. It's a lot of time, and it's no time at all. I have three kids, and my youngest is 10. That's a decade. So what I was saying when he was born, if I still have not done it today, I'm like, I sat on that for 10 years, a decade. And that makes me feel really old. But I'm like, that that's sad. When you get to that point, you're like, I've been trying to lose the same 30 pounds for a decade. That feels like shit. And it's all because I believe it's all because we say, I don't know. That I think that is our biggest... Um, that's our biggest limit when, when we're trying to be solution focused. Cause the second we say, I don't know, our brain shuts down and it just gives up and then we don't even try to find the answer. So the solution never presents itself because we just keep saying, I don't know. There's uh, yeah, there, I love that. This kind of, this works in both directions or in like in multiple spheres where it works on like a very daily immediate basis. And that also manifests itself in these like long-term um, systemic issues that, that so many people grapple with for, you know, decades or cumulatively their entire lives, if they are not able to become aware of them. And um, one of the things that like on the, on the near term side of things is that we use it as we use it as a crutch because because it would take it takes a lot of work to to solve like complex 
problems, right? Like I think, and what I mean by that, or I guess to expand on that is that it, most things aren't straightforward. And so we would like them to be, we would like to be like, man, it would be really cool if like, if A led to B, but oftentimes like A leads to C leads back to B leads over to Z. And then we take a train to F and then, you know, like, I think there's just, we, 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 the way that we map out how things are going to play out and the way they actually play out are often, there's just like kind of a cognitive, you know, cognitive dissonance there. And so people use, I don't know. And it's like, Oh, like what's the solution to that problem that I don't know. Right. And then, and then it allows them to move on because what really needs to happen is we need to come up with nuanced ideas and solutions to things that might be more complex than we imagine them to be. Right. Like, in the business space, you're thinking about challenges with getting in front of your ideal customer or managing um, a team that has, you know, dynamic personalities and that have different goals. And, you know, and so we might say, well, what's the solution to that? Or, you know, oh, I can't seem to get in front of it or I can't seem to nail down. And then we just default to like, I don't know. I guess it's not a good idea. Or I guess it's not going to work. Or I guess when the solution is that we really can see when we are solution focused, there's opportunity in that, right? The opportunity in that scenario would be to get really crystal clear on like who we serve and the value to our clients or how we show up as leaders to our team and what it looks like to build a team culture that's cohesive and dynamic. Um, but that takes a lot of work, right? That's going to require a, a really, um, it's going to require just like some, some nuanced thought. And so I find that like in that kind of day-to-day basis, I don't know becomes this kind of, it becomes an out where we're just, it, it's because it, even if that means failing, like it's easier to fail and just be like, Oh, it didn't work than to actually like, like buckle down in a sense and be like, no, like I'm going to work to get good at this thing or I'm going to work to figure out like what this actually looks like. Um, yeah. It's yeah escape, what, right. It's our, it becomes our scapegoat at that at that level. It's like, I can't, it's not possible. And I don't know, or like the three, the three amigos to ruining our dreams. <laughs> That's going to be our next podcast where we just talk about our, our burgeoning tequila brand, which is the three amigos based on, um, based on our limiting, uh, language we use around, uh, our growth potential. Um, <laughs> Stay tuned, audience. Um, we'll be we'll be spirit moguls soon. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but you're right. Like it, it's there is I don't, you know, and language is such a powerful tool. Like I, I think we, and it ties us back to to the goal setting side of things. Like there's a reason that it's important to actually name these things. It's a reason it's important not to be vague. Is because we can't see and imagine what we haven't like spoken into existence. If you just are like, you know, like your example was, you know, financially free, which is something, you know, it's like a, you see that around a lot. That's popular language. Well, how, in what way, how does that actually manifest in your life? What does that actually look like on a, what, why do you want that? Right. What does that actually give you? What do you want from that scenario that you don't currently have because you're not, quote unquote, right? Like it's like, there's always a next layer to go. Um, and when we just say like the, the top level thing, we just can't see the path there. And so that language piece 
it's so important to shift the like I don't know into let me figure it out or can I can I define that a little more clearly and then and then see if I don't know right and then if I don't know where can I find the answers um, or where can I find a person who does know a, a relationship that supports that. Um, this takes me into, we talked, we touched on it and we've been, we've been dancing around like the goals thing, but I want to lean into, to the goals, uh, side of, of this a little more, which is like when, when you set goals that are very clear. So again, we're going to like, when we get away from that ambiguity and we're not hiding in that, then the thing that keeps people from setting very, very clear goals is that then you have to be, you're accountable to them. So then the, the language that we do use that is crystal clear, then it's out there. And then we have to be okay with not meeting them. Because failure is part of the process. Like even when you have amazing goals and you're super clear, you're going to fuck it up. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's that? Yeah, what's your, what's your take on, on like that accountability role of goal setting and just your experience with how that's kind of played out for people and what's the best way to go about that. It's interesting. It kind of is like the bridge. I think it's the bridge between, I don't know, and the goal setting, but I think that there's one common thing that I propose one set of questions that I propose when we're in, I don't know, phase or I can't, or it's not possible. And, and I think it's the difference between saying, um, asking yourself the question of if it's possible or stating like, it's not possible. If it's possible, the question is never, if it's possible, it's how is it possible? And so I think that that is like, that's where accountability starts, right? If we propose that question, how is it possible instead of if it's possible, then we can actually start to put a goal around it. We're like, okay, well, how is it possible? And you're like, okay, well, I want to do this race or I want to do this thing or I want to be financially free. We'll use that. And it's like, okay, well, what, how is that possible? Well, first you have to define what it means. All of a sudden you're like, okay, how is it possible? How can I get financially free? And I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like blank. Like, I think most of us are like, like we have nothing when I'm like financially free. And I'm like, I like deer in the headlights moment, right? Like you just kind of glaze over and you're like, I don't even know what that means. Like you actually have to define what the hell that means. And then you can actually, once you've defined it, you're like, for me, that means this, that means three streams of income. That means I don't have to go, go to work every single day doing the same thing. Like, actually I want to work for some people that might mean retirement. I don't know. I think financially free is such a vague statement then we start to define it. And then all of a sudden there's all these micro and macro goals that actually like come about that we can get really excited. And I was just working with an athlete today that I'm like, we gotta like get rid of the, the start line, like just erase the freaking start line to your race because there's so much that comes before we even hit start. Like, I think sometimes that, that accountability can get so lost because we're so vague that nobody even knows how to support us. Like if I can do it, I'm like, Taylor, my goal at the end of the year is to be financially free. You're like, how do I keep you accountable to that? I don't even like, what are you doing to get there? How are you getting there? And then I can check in. And so I think that 
the the first step with a, with accountability is understanding what your goal is. Then you can understand those those micro goals, and then you can find someone who actually has done it. Like how many times do we put people around us? I, I actually asked my daughter. My daughter's eight, 19. She just turned 19 this week um, or last week. I asked her, "Are are you proud of the sum of being the sum of your five closest friends?" And she mm. rolled her eyes because she's 19. Um, but she's she looked at me and she said, "I don't want to answer that." And I was like, "Why?" And she, I like, why, why don't you want to answer that? She's like, cause you know who my cl- five closest friends are. I'm like, okay. She's like, so you already know the answer. And I'm like, no, I, I don't know the answer. I asked if you were proud of the sum of your five being the sum of your five closest friends. And I think that that goes to accountability. It's like, if we have people in our circle who haven't done what we want to do, they're not going to push us to do what we want to do because they've never done it. You're going to be like, no, mm. stay, come with mm-hmm. me, stay comfortable. Because if you do it and you're one of my five, I'm going to have to do it too. Chances are you're going to push me because I'm going to see you get financially free. And then all of a sudden we're like, we're inspiring each other, right? Like then I have to do something also. So sometimes we, our circle, actually our accountability circle, which if you're drinking beers with your friends, that's your accountability circle. It has to get wider when we start to like, you know, expand our goals and expand what we want. And when we go from if it's possible to how is it possible, we actually need different people in our circle. Because if we don't, then we're screwed. If you have no one in your circle or keeping you accountable that's never done even remotely close or doesn't want to do what you want to do, you're not, they're not going to keep you accountable. In fact, they're going to like convince you that it's not worth it. Because even like you're saying, I'm like, I don't know. I agree. Actually, I'm going to disagree with you. It's not hard. It's hard to be stuck for a decade. Like it's, it's hard to be not chasing your goals, right? It's so hard to look at your goals and be like another fucking year. I didn't do it. Another year I sat on the couch and I didn't do shit about any of the things that I truly want. I didn't even get clear. And yet I look on Instagram I scroll and all of a sudden I just realize that I don't have what I want and I start to resent people. So I think that that's hard. I'm like, we tell ourselves in, in our heads that it's hard, but actually it's fulfilling. Like, I don't know the last time, like I'll say, state this to the listeners. Like, I don't know the last time you achieved something that was really, really important to you. It might've been hard to get there, but when you get it, you're like, this is life. And normally on the journey, it's life. You're like, I love this. I thought getting up at 5 a.m. was going to be hard to work out, but actually I love it. And I don't ever want to stop, right? Like all of a sudden what we thought was hard actually becomes fulfilling because we just started. And to do that, you have to have accountability or you at least have to have a good circle that is doing it also so that they're not like pulling you back. Cause I don't, I don't know. Have you had that Taylor for me? I think my, the people around me and who I'm trusting to speak into my life is make or break for me. It will either make me or it'll break my goals because they won't be, they won't be solution focused. They'll be saying things that I don't want to say anymore. And then I just get sucked back in. I'm like, "Mm, bed looks good again. I'm just going to lay back down. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, this is going to take us in, in, in this direction because it's something that I, I, I care about and I, I think a lot about is th- that um, there's, a, there's a lot here. One is that you, 
you can't do it alone, you know, and I think that when we get sometimes we feel like the solution is to double down and just get more insulated and try to like do more ourselves. And that's, that's not, that's not going to work. Like it, it's not going to work long-term. Um, this is like a whole another podcast cause it, it can work for a while. Um, but so I think that that like that accountability group or having those people in your corner that are, that support you is critical, you know, and we see this like on the athlete front, if you go home to a house full of people that don't believe what you're doing for yourself is a worthwhile use of your time, it will not last. I always tell athletes, everybody, everybody in your house and then everybody in your immediate circle needs to be on board. They need to believe that it is a worthwhile endeavor for you to do this thing, to get healthy, to spend this time, because it because it is a cost. It requires you to allocate that time towards this thing where you may have been allocating it towards, or you certainly were allocating it towards something else. So I think there is a buy-in component, and this is like, to your point, like surrounding yourself with people that believe, either believe in what you're doing or have done it. And I think that we spend... Most people spend far too much time with people that aren't taking them where they want to go. Um, And then they wonder why they fall short or they wonder why they can't get quote unquote motivated. And, and it's because that you don't have an example of that, the people around you, because what happens when you, when you become solution focused and when you're goal oriented and when you're looking to be held accountable, that also highlights deficits and what other people around you aren't doing. So if you're in a group of people that want to stay complacent and you're like, it's time to your point. And I, you're spot on. Like it is, it is worse to stay complacent than it is hard to make a change. Um, when you, when you're ready to make that shift, if you're around people that aren't in that place, it immediately just flips the mirror back on them and they're like, Oh crap. Like I'm not doing it. And they, it's easier for them to pull you back to just sit on the couch than it is for them to get in the saddle with you and start to move forward. And so that we, I mean, you and I've talked about this a lot. Um, and I've mentioned this some on the podcast and certainly in different like platforms, but the real, the real harsh reality is that progress requires pruning, Right. And I think that's that's your term. I think I stole that from you a long time ago. Um, and that's that's a harsh that's a harsh thing to recognize. But the real fact of the matter is is that the odds of who you're with right now, and if you have really big goals and you want to achieve things, the odds of those being the same people are very slim, mm-hmm. right? Like it 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 just it's just math. Like it just it it's just reality you are you are with those people because you're in a certain place in your life and you have a certain approach and you have certain goals and those people's goals are more or less in alignment with that that's why you're all in the same orbit well if you want to get in a different orbit you got to get di- you got to find people that are in that orbit now it doesn't mean you have to shit on all your old friends and you have to like never talk to them again but there is this there is a real need to be around people that are taking you where you want to go um, 
we've, yeah, I mean, I, I think what's been your experience with that? I, I've really struggled with that. It, or, I mean, I think struggle is the right word. It's been probably the most, um, it's been probably like the hardest realization at in, in multiple points in my life. It's, this applies to athleticism. This applies to business. This applies to how you want to eat, right? Like I literally, like if you're just not around people that are supporting your goals, the odds of you sticking to that thing are really slim, right? If you want to eat well and you got your friends are eating pizza every night, like what are the odds, right? Like you're not going to, you're not going to make a salad. Um, yeah. And so I've, I've really, um, yeah, it's just a confronting thing to, 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 I think to like make that realization um, and then to identify who those people are and also know that it's not a lot of people like as you progress, as you grow as an individual, that circle gets really, really small. And I think that's a good thing, but it also, you're like, man, I used to hang out with like 50 people I could call. Now I got like two people I can call. Um, and so, yeah, like, have you, what's your, what's been your personal experience with that? I mean, cause you've done all kinds of things and grown a lot in businesses and all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. No, that's probably the most painful part. I wouldn't say the hardest part of my journey, but I'll say it's the most painful part of my journey. Like the realization that happens when you understand that like you can't take everybody with you where you're going, I think is really hard. It it is really hard. It's painful. Like I'm trying not to use the word hard and easy Um, because I feel like we put that, those labels on there, but I think, I think it's painful. Like to get specific because we're talking about solution and being specific, like it's painful and we have to outline that and we have to understand that like there is a mourning that goes with that. Like there is a, there is a sadness that goes with that. I remember when I was really, really in my bodybuilding career, there was a moment I had to choose my, my bodybuilding career over my husband and he didn't go with me. He stopped and we started together and it was really hard. Like I had to keep going and it really put, it took a toll on our marriage. And looking back, I'm like, I'm glad I did it when I did, because it taught me a lot about what what I was capable of. Now it put a strain that I don't think most relationships would have, if we wouldn't have had kids to hold us together, like I I hate to admit that, but if we wouldn't have had kids, I don't know, we would have lasted because there wouldn't have been enough. Like we had kids in a business, so there was a high stake to stay together, but it really put a lot of strain on our, our relationship and same with friends. I mean... I I don't really talk to that group of people that I was running with and like really supported my bodybuilding career at that time. Like I had a freaking, like people joked, I had an entourage where anywhere I went, if we were like, if, if there was a comp, if there was like, I had a whole, I had everyone uh, probably because I paid their way also was a factor, but like, I couldn't bring them with me. The second I really started getting healthy versus just fit, they were gone. They didn't want to like, they didn't want to live a healthy life. They wanted to live the like meathead, super egotistical, kill your body life. Like that was just what they were doing. And some of them are still doing that today, which is crazy. I don't know how they're still alive, but it's like, it's painful to let that go. It's also painful to stay stuck. Right. I knew I couldn't, I couldn't 
get to where I wanted to go. I had gotten to where I was with what I had and the group I had, but I couldn't get to where I wanted to go if I stayed in that circle. And I knew that, like, I couldn't even get to the marriage I wanted if I would have stayed in that circle. And I knew something had to change. I couldn't have gotten healthy if I would have stayed in that circle because steroids were a very like real part of my life at that time. And everyone was doing it. So to stop doing something that, you know, gets you results and everybody's like, Oh, like it's almost offensive. Right. And I I think of even when I decided to go back to school, my mom was literally like, you're really not a school person. And I was like, come again. (laughs) Like, (laughs) um, okay, well, thank you. I like there, there was real resistance and it, it was painful to hear that from my own mom. She's like, you're kind of stupid. By the way, remember, you have learning disabilities. This is not going to be easy for you. You probably should just stop before you begin. Like, this is probably like, just go do the, the easy thing, right? And that's hard to hear. Those things are hard to hear. And I've realized that, like, if somebody is not solution focused and they're going to be in my ear while I'm trying, it's already hard enough. It's already like that resistance is already, you have to push past it. So if you're going to have this like little thing in your ear, cause those voices stick. Like I remember, I can hear the tone of voice she said it in. And then you're like, damn, that hurts. If that's a constant reel in your head, you have to get it out. You have to like punch that thing in the face and you have to move past it. Cause otherwise you have to replace it with something else. And most of the time we don't even know what to replace it with. I think that's where coaching is so valuable or having professionals that are also achieving those things with you or having groups that you can grow with, right? Like that's why running groups are so successful. And these clubs are so successful because we get to do it together and you're all, you're all moving towards the same goal together. But when you have that real in your head, somebody else's voice or even your own voice saying, I don't know, you should do it. Can you do it? This is probably, you were built for this. You have to get that out. And to get that out, you actually have to exchange it. I think that's the thing that nobody understands about being solution focused is you don't just get rid of the shit. You have to actually replace it with something else that's going to get you to where you want to go. And if that thing isn't stronger than the lie or the person or, you know, the comfort, whatever that is that you're attached to, you have to get something in place of it. You, you would never clear out your living room and have your living room be completely, get rid of all your furniture and put it in the garage. You don't get rid of it. You just like get it out of your house, put it in the garage. If you don't get new furniture, you're going to pull that old couch back in, right? That's what we do with our old community. Or, or And like you're saying, you don't have to get rid of people, but you have to change who gets to speak into your life. And at the top, it can be lonely, but it also is more intentional. So as you get closer to your goals, you're like, actually, I don't actually want to talk to you about that because you have the same crappy story. I want to, I want to be around someone who elevates my thinking. And that's the power, like my daughter's in college right now. And she's like, it's so amazing how these people think. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to be the dumbest person in the room because then I get to like be in awe by the people who are around me. And that's the power of it. When you get around that and you exchange that, you're like, this new couch is freaking awesome. It has like ports and like, it's amazing, right? You're like, that other thing had a rip in it. It didn't, and you don't have to make it wrong. You don't have to make those people wrong, but you do have to exchange it for something different or something better that's going to help you get to where you want to go. Um, I think that's what's for me, like, 
It's just knowing that it's going to be painful and pruning is never easy. Like if you think about that in your mind and that visualization, it's just painful. Like no tree wants to be clipped. That doesn't feel good, but mm-hmm. it gets to be intentional. It gets to be fun. Like I love that. The reality is I love building with people who have vision and who are solution focused. All of a sudden there's collaboration and there's life and there's vision and there's fun and there's expansion versus just like the same damn thing. Right. You're like, I've drank yeah. that beer a hundred times. I know what it tastes like. I'm actually going to do something else that gets me to where I want to go. That's just a different scene. Like, and maybe it's, maybe you're like me, maybe it's just for a season. Cause let's be honest, you can't bodybuild usually forever. Some point you're <laughs> like, no, thank you. But maybe it's for a season. Like maybe you're just trying it on, seeing if you like it. You're like, I want to grow in that area. Okay. Try it on. doesn't have to be forever. You can always go back to the, you know, the couch and the beer and the things that you were doing it doesn't have to be like a one and, you know, like for everything. It can be like, tried it, wasn't my thing, but at least you know what you're made of. Mm-hmm. You touched on something just a few minutes ago. It was made me think this kind of idea of like getting really clear on what you want. And I think that's, this this ties back in obviously to being you know solution focused and being goal oriented, but I think that's like that's what bogs a lot of people down is that they when as as you as you become you know goal oriented as you look for those people that that hold you accountable as you look to get really clear on what that what those goals are and what it looks like to accomplish them the things that you have to make decisions on also um, it gets much more clear, right? Like the noise, because you know, like where you should focus your time when, when you don't have a really clear understanding of the roadmap to get there, you could make, you could say yes to anything, right? You could make decisions. You could go in any direction, right? You're, you're just in the windstorm. And I, I know that that's how so many people feel is that they, they don't know where to start. They feel frustrated because they would like to, you know, get more fit or start this business or do this thing or make this move. And, and they don't know where to start. There's a million different things swirling around. I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Um, This just kind of general sentiment of, this kind of like frenetic energy and this like constant swirling and this like proactive versus reactive. And I think that one of the great benefits of getting really clear is it also gets you really clear on where you focus your like mental energy. Like it becomes super clear on where you should be, what you should say yes to, mm-hmm. what you should say no to. The benefit also of being having people around you that are aligned is that you don't have to say no to people that aren't aligned, right? You don't have to say no to the person getting, you know, who's staying out late at the bars when you're trying to get up at four in the morning and work out, right? That those things are 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 not in complement and it won't take very long before that's not even on your radar anymore because you guys aren't doing the same things. Um and so I think 
one of the real, you know, almost like side effects of, of, of being solution focused and getting really clear is that it quiets your mind as well. And I'm not saying that there's not, you know, responsibility still exists and we, you know, there's always a million things to do, but at least you have that North star, at least you have that roadmap, you know, like yes or no, right. This thing's taking me in this direction or it isn't, or this person or this opportunity or this job or this workout or this, whatever, um, this behavior. And I think that there's a real, there, there's a, that just is a really great feeling, you know, and, and I know you've been there and, you know, it can be fleeting. Like it's hard to live in that. Cause we all get, we all have self doubt and we all get pulled in different directions and we all have, to, you know, so it's certainly for me, like somewhere I have to, you know, and you and I do a lot of work on this is to like, what, what are we doing? What are our goals? What is like, we got to come back. Let's always like refocus, refocus. Um, so that you know what the answers to those things are. You know who those people are that you should be spending your time with and who are supporting you. And you know who that team should be around you. And it becomes really crystal clear who those people aren't, who those, what those opportunities aren't. Um, and yeah, what's, what, yeah. Like what's your experience with that? Cause I think there's, it's almost like the thing keeping people from from being solution focused is they just don't know what what they should be focused on. Like, what solutions are they trying to um, solve for? And and so, where do they start? You know, <laughs> like what's how do you? Yeah, I'm just curious on your take on that. Yeah, it's you've proposed. Um, I'll put a pin in what I'm thinking. Come back to it, but. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I I think you start with just trying and being like a yes person, right? Like, I think so many times we say, I love like the best yes theory. Um, I don't know. We've talked a little bit about that. I'm sure I talked about it a lot, but it's like, what is your best? I think it's like that question helps me know where to start. It's like, what's my best? Yes. Because if I'm telling the wrong thing, yes, that means I'm telling the right thing, no. Right? Like, if you're married to, like, someone who's not, like, really who you're enjoying to be married to, I'm like, I'm not condoning divorce here, people. It's not my goal here. But, like, if you're married to someone who really doesn't, so, like, you're really not aligned with, and I use marriage because it's such a deep, like, we can really see it, right? It's a clear example. You're telling the wrong person yes, but you're telling the right person no. Like, we've all seen the movie where, like, the guy interrupts the wedding because it's like he's, like, the right one, right? And you're like, don't marry this guy. Like, everybody's, like, on the edge of their like, oh, my gosh, she's going to marry the wrong guy. And then all of a sudden, like, the guy bar- barges in. Well, like, the reality, the guy doesn't always barge in, right? Like, he doesn't always – they don't – the wedding doesn't always get interrupted because not everybody – is going to interrupt something for you, right? You have to do that for you. And so I think asking yourself that, like, what's my best yes here? If you're like conflicted, I th- I think that the you got to come from that. And I think the second thing again is like, do like put people around you who've done it, who have done the things that you've done. Like, I can't tell you how 
liberating it is to have people in my corner that I can call. Actually, I called one of our advisors today and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like help me. And like the answer was right there. Like I'm like stuck, right? I'm like in cement, like trying to like dig my way out. And all of a sudden I just pick up the phone and call him and he's like, it's this. And I'm like, glad you had that that quick. Like, are you kidding me? I've thought about this for three nights and like, it's just right there, but he's done it before. He's done the thing that I'm trying to do. So it's like, I think that it really goes back to that Taylor. And if I can, I'd love to get all like science, sciencey because and brainy on this, but I think part of part of what makes things hard, like the first day at the gym is always the hardest. And people are like, well, it's, you know, like there's all these theories. I think the reality is it's just because our neural pathway has not been, we haven't, we haven't created the neural pathway to just, it's our neural pathways are super tiny when we're doing something different. That's why we call it pattern interrupts. We're interrupting the pattern in our brain, which then interrupts the pattern in our life. And it can go both ways. And so I think sometimes we were like, oh, it's like an uphill battle. Like starting is the hardest because you haven't done it. Now, if you've even done it one time, it's easier the next time. And then two times, we just start to build a seven lane highway versus this like little trickle in our mind. And all of a sudden, all of that thought and that decision fatigue goes away because it's just a seven lane highway. Like you just get to jump on and it's like free flowing. But what happens is when we're starting, it's just a trickle. You've never been there before. And so you're you're really creating a new path in your brain. And so I think that, I don't know, um, I love the brain, but I think for me, that visualization when I'm starting also helps. Like you get to trudge through this new pathway and it it's hard at first. It's like, you know, riding a new path on your bike or running a new trail. You're like, you just don't know what to expect. You're like, but if you just start, you either figure out that you either love it and you're going to keep doing it, or you figure out it's at least worth it. And you're going to continue to like go down that trail, or you're just like, I'm going to go back to the other thing and pick a new one. But I think, I don't know. I love that movie. Yes, man, too. I said, I don't know. Which one's that? I said, I don't know. I do know. Um, It's with Jim Carrey. It's with Jim Carrey. Yes, man, you've never seen that? Oh, no. Anyone listening? I'm obviously a movie fan. It's funny because I don't really (laughs) watch that much TV, but I always talk about movies because we connect to stories. But it's it's with Jim Carrey, and he has to say yes. Mm, Oh, yeah. I do know. He can't say no. So, like, and then, like, liar, liar is the same thing, right? Like, he's Mm. like, supposed to lie, and he has to be honest. And I'm like, that like, what if you just had a whole week where you had to say yes to anything you were invited to, or you had to say yes every time someone asked you to do something and you just got to try all the new things. Now that's not going to work forever, but when you're getting started, you just got to go say yes, like enjoy it. Like I was always oh, talking to one of my clients about um, buying a new car and she's like, I hate this process. It's so miserable. And I'm like, or it could be fun. Like cars are cool. Go see what's out there. And she's like, it's not fun. Have you ever like, I'm like, yes, I've gotten a new car many times in my life. Go have fun. Go drive some cool cars. She's like, then I have to realize like what I can't afford. And I'm like, ah, there's a lie we got to like, then you start mm. to expose all these things you have to work through. And I'm like, why can't you afford it? Right. Again, 
how do you get there versus if it's possible, then we get to work on something. So I think it's just saying yes. And like choosing to have fun in the process too. I don't know mm-hmm. what, what, like you start lots of new stuff. I feel like, like every time I talk to, to you, you're like, I went hunting this weekend. I did this this weekend. I tried <laughs> dumplings this weekend. I'm like, when do you have time for all this? Shit? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do. I do think there has to be. I mean, that's an interesting point. I do think there has to be kind of a genuine curiosity and a, and like an acceptance of of uh, of failure. You know, you, like you have to be okay with with knowing that anytime you start something new, you're not going to be as good at it as you eventually will be. And you know, that's confronting, and we don't we don't like to do things we're bad at. And so that is another thing that keeps us from, you know, and, and to tie it back to goal setting, it keeps us from setting like lofty goals because we're going to have to, we're going to have to like sharpen the end of the spear. We're going to have to like do some things we're not great at. We're going to have to learn some new stuff and lean into some areas that aren't super comfortable because if, because if not, like you've already accomplished it, right? Like you've already accomplished the things that, that you're good at the things in your lane you've already done, or at least you could do them quickly or with relative ease. Cause it's, it's there, right? Like it's a skill you have. It's probably, but it's like, it's that stretch goal. It's that thing that, that we want. It's that level of fitness. It's like finishing that race. It's, it's starting that business or making that change in a career that, it, that's that's the stuff that like you're gonna have to stretch yourself it's not gonna be comfortable like you said like if the goal is to get more fit and then tomorrow you got to get up and go to the gym like that's gonna suck for a while you're actually gonna have to settle into that it's not gonna be to your point like mentally from like a neural pathway perspective it gets easier with each passing day but physically it's gonna it's gonna be shitty for a while you know, I tell people like six to eight weeks, you know, like you got to give it some time uh, because the body is slow to adapt, right? Like it, you, we're talking about changing physiological systems in the body that are deep rooted. Um, and so, yeah, like when it doesn't, when it doesn't feel great after a week, you got to come back, right? Like, yeah, you're not going to have a six pack in, in a week. You're not going to have one in six weeks. You're not going to be a super fast runner in eight weeks, right? Like you're just going to have to keep coming back and know that the sum total of the effort is what moves the needle. And that's that real, like you have to hold those near-term goals loosely while also knowing that like progress happens over long periods of time. And I think that's, that's where pe- people that, Um, and this is like, uh, there's definitely like some quotes floating around the internet about this kind of thing. So I'm not trying to like quote that, but that people that are successful often are the ones that are willing to sacrifice near-term comfort for long-term success, right? People that, because it's, because it sucks. You you just have to know that like, you know what, this isn't going to be good for a while. Right. Like I might not, you know, you and I joke about that all the time. Like when you're starting businesses, you're like, this, this actually might be like, I just got to settle in, you know, like who knows how long it can be. It's going to be hard for a long time, but knowing that like that, that, that showing up consistently and that ultimately the goal is what happens in three to five years, 10 years, and then building a legacy is what matters. Um, that's, that's the, that's, but that's, I mean, that's a, 
it's not where it's not the way we're wired, you know, and it's certainly not the the like marketing that we're fed, right? Everyone, it's like that's where it's like hack culture. Everyone's like, what's the hack? What's the thing I can do? What's the pill? What's the best exercise to do it all in five minutes so I can get maximally fit? And be- nothing, none of it, none of it exists. Like it's all a lie. The only thing that moves the needle is consistent consistent application of effort over much longer periods of time than anyone cares to admit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. Like, that's a good thing. Like you said, like what an opportunity, like what an amazing opportunity. If, if my goal is to increase fitness or as someone whose goal it is to be a lifelong athlete, what an amazing opportunity to every single day get to be kind of crappy at something so I can get a little better at it. Right. To, to, to know that I have skills to refine and I can, I can, I can check into my body and I can work on my body mechanics and I can understand more about how I move and how I feel and how that integrates into my life. Like that's not like a get to, you know, that's not a have to, that's a, that's a get to. Um, but yeah, you touched on something earlier too. I just wanted to like that. You, you talked about the lie. Like we tell ourselves a lie, the woman that's buying the car. And, and I think that's a really like, that's a piece too, that's worth just talking about or calling out is like the thing that stops us is, is the lie that, right. We get, we get disrupted, right? Like, Oh, this is amazing. It's real sexy when we're setting goals. Right. And like you and I, like we give people worksheets and we outline it and we map them through and everybody's fired up and they're like, Oh my God, how cool is this going to be? Like in 30 days I can accomplish this. Yes, you can. However, what's going to happen in route to that goal is that your brain is going to interrupt that. And it's going to tell you a lie that is really going to piss you off and it's going to really spin you out. It's going to be like, nope, you can't do this. Nope, you're not fit enough. Nope, you don't have enough money. Nope, 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 nope. Lie, lie, lie. Um, so what's that, like what's the power for you in, in um, cause the work you and I do with people, we, we call that lie out ahead of time. So you, you proactively identify that so that when it comes up, it's not as disruptive. If you can get ahead of it again, this is back to that language piece. It's like, if you just name it, it doesn't mean as much. It doesn't spin you out because it doesn't surprise you. But um, yeah, what's your, like, you're really good at the lie stuff. So what's that, what's that like for you? Are you, like, how do I move through it or how do I identify it or like what? Yeah, like what's the power in identifying that ahead of time? Like, why is that important? Because that, cause that's crap work too, right? Like you don't want to call that out. That's the part where we get to like in the work we're doing with people and they're like, oh, like nothing's going to stop me. Like, nope, something will. <laughs> Otherwise you would have done it, right? Like that's the real fact. Like how many times have you and I heard that? It's like, what's going to stop you? Nothing. Try again. No, something, something will and has stopped you. Otherwise it would have been done. That's okay, right? We all have those things. So yeah, like what's the power of identifying that? Well, it's funny, like, okay, so this this actually goes 100% with our topic today of, like, solution-focused, being solution-focused, and people are like, be optimistic, be solution-focused, and I'm like, I'm the, Taylor will tell you, I am the biggest optimist, like, I am, like, rainbows, and I'm like, life is great, the universe is working for me, like, I get a little fluffy sometimes, as you all know, Um, but... I think that that is not it. Like that, that actually is not optimism is not being solution focused. Like, let's just make that very clear. And I think Mm -hmm. that when, when, when people are like, nothing will stop me. I'm like, that actually is not helpful because you're living in a state of delusion, not solution. 
Like that is delusion, not solution. Those are two very different things. So let's understand what what the lie is so that we can actually overcome it before it smacks us in the face. Like, I think that is really what's important is having clarity. Again, it goes back to being clear. If we don't understand what's going to stop us, we're not clear. Like if you understand that there might be a lion in the middle of your journey, do you not want to know that that lion is going to be at mile four and you're going to want to pack Something that's going to like get that sucker off, off the path or at least <laughs> arm you to be able to kill it so you can keep moving so it doesn't eat you, right? Because either you're dead and not moving or you're injured and not moving. So you should probably know it's there. And I think when 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 we start to map out the lie, everybody's like, there is no lions. And you're like, you're in the jungle. You're going to see lions. Like, just... Yeah, yeah prepare yourself. So I, I think it's not living in delusions so that you can actually understand the solution, right? Like if you don't know there's a line, you have no ability to actually build a solution or look for the solution or plan for it. But if we actually map out that lie and nobody wants to do that, especially challengers, like people who are high achievers, we don't want to hear that shit. We're like, ain't nothing going to stop us. By the way, I don't experience sadness or or uh, disappointment or fear that I'm not even afraid of lions. I'm a badass, by the way, total badass here. Like that is totally how we want to present ourselves and how I do present myself most of the time. But if I can just stop in my quiet time for like one second and be like, okay, this piece of paper and me, we're going to have it out. And I'm just going to write down what I'm afraid of and what I'm sad about and what's stopping me because it's there because I'm not reaching my goals or I've actually failed at this before. And I think... So this is a whole nother podcast. Honestly, we need to do, but I think so many athletes and leaders right now are experiencing this so heavily because there is extreme disappointment. How many people, how many of us plan for something amazing? Taylor, you, you had this with uh, your camp. How many of us plan something amazing and COVID took it away? And the reality is we're disappointed about that. And we just keep running our asses off away from that thing. And we never stop to go, that sucked. I'm going to do it again. But I have to face the lion that's actually in my path because it's about to eat me. If I ever step on that trail again, it's going to eat me. And I am so afraid of that. But there's such disappointment that I experience. I see so many of my athletes have because their race was taken. They they planned. They got the things. They paid the money. They did it all. And then all of a sudden, COVID said, hey, by the way, you can't do it. Nope. Closing it all down. And so we're just stuck. Like there was no way to there was no way to out train that. So we're still I say I literally have numerous athletes right now that don't want to get back in the game or are kind of towing their way back into the game, but they're so afraid and they don't want to, they don't want to do it because they're disappointed and they're afraid it's going to happen again. I'm going to do all that work to, and that was completely outside of our control. Right. So I think that even that right now, more than ever, we have to understand that that disappointment is stopping us in our tracks because it's real. It was, there was things that were taken from us that we had no control over and it could happen again. The reality is we didn't even know that could happen. None of us experienced that. There's not one person on this planet that had ever had any of that happen. And now we're like, it, we have no control over anything. 
So how do we overcome that? Well, you find a truth and you set smaller goals. That's the reality. The start line, like I said earlier, start line isn't the final goal. It's not the final goal. Tomorrow getting up is the final goal. And if we just focus on the next thing or the first thing, we don't have to worry then so much about the start line or the finish line or whatever that is. We don't even have to worry about full 10-year success if we just focus on what's right in front of us. So I think we have an opportunity, solution focus. Now we have this opportunity to set smaller, more calculated goals, understand the vision, but then just worry about tomorrow. Stay present. That's a huge opportunity that we all need because we're all distracted, right? So that that was a long-winded answer, but there you go. There you have it. That's beautiful. I love it. That's a, that's a high point to, uh, to wrap up on, and I'm going to give folks... Um, we wanted to provide uh, actual solution, uh, given this is a solution-focused um, topic, uh, and some action uh, 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 actionable um, guidance. And so uh, we're going to put a resource that Christine and I have put together in the show notes. Um, it's what we call our impact action plan. So it's actually going to be a goal-setting device, what it's going to allow you to do. Um, is it's going to allow you to take stock of uh, where you're at in five key categories, things like business, communication, relationships, physical health. Um, and that's going to be uh, an evaluation. So you're going to rate yourself um, and just a, a real honest snapshot of where you're at. Um, that alone is a massively helpful tool because just that opportunity for introspection is something we don't typically give ourselves. So you don't do anything else, just having that and, and identifying the areas that you may or may not be where you want to be in um, is good, uh, is a great starting place. However, you can take that a step further and um, we have what we call our roadmap, which is a goal setting tool that includes a lot of the things that we've talked about today. It includes things like what is the lie that's going to get in your way? What's the truth that's going to overcome that? Um, what are and so what it is is a tactical solution to goal setting. It actually gives you the opportunity to outline outline that in very very uh, granular detail, and then we take that even a step further where where we provide you an action plan so you can outline the steps necessary to accomplish that goal over the course of thirty days. So again, we want to provide very very clear and actionable guidance and tools, uh, as well as um, uh, resources to help you overcome everything that we talked about here today. Um, and so that's going to be in the show notes. Uh, you can download that. Um, you can also access that um, at impactinitiative.network. So that's impactinitiative.network. Uh, that'll be on the homepage, uh, and you can access uh, our impact action plan there as well. But I want to encourage everyone to download that as a massively helpful tool. It's something that we have created for you to come back to uh, at the beginning of each month. So as your goals change, uh, as you gain more clarity, as things change in your life, as you take on new opportunities, whatever that is and whatever realm of your life that is, this is a tool that you can, uh, that you can constantly come back to and help you get that clarity uh, that we've talked about here today. So uh, thanks, Christine. Um, you're awesome. I appreciate you. And uh, we'll be doing some follow-up episodes and some different podcasts um, because we, we touched on uh, a bunch today that we can uh, we want to build on. So um, we'll, we'll have you back on the show. So thank you.